And the minute I saw this article written about Violins of Hope, I was like, is there any chance we could possibly get them to come in to WGN? And I'm so excited that all of you are in studio today because this story of inspiration and hope and survival is so important to be shared with everyone. So who we have in studio today is Christina Salerno. She is the executive director of the Illinois Philharmonic Orchestra. Thank you for coming in. Thanks so much for having us. And and people are going to be able to hear these instruments played at your season finale. Absolutely. Saturday, May 13th at 7.30 p.m., we're going to be at Ozinga Chapel in Palos Heights on the campus of Trinity Christian College um, performing our season finale concert, which features music by um, Amy Beach, her Gaelic Symphony, Anton Dvorak's Eighth Symphony, and also a new work by our composer in residence, John Ziner, um, which is actually inspired by his own grandfather, who lost quite a number of family members and friends to the Holocaust. And so we're so excited to be partnering with JCC Chicago on bringing these violins that will actually be performed at the performance that evening. And when you read about the violins and the other instruments, it just, as Wendy Snyder, who was on earlier today, said, it gives me chills. It's just amazing. Addie Goodman is the president and CEO of JCC Chicago. Uh, Tell our audience the history of these musical instruments, including the violin that is in studio here today. So Violins of Hope, as we know, is a collection of about 70-plus instruments. They have been rescued and restored. Many of them are playable, and that's what we're going to hear today. The initiative began from the Weinstein Studio in Tel Aviv in 2006 and has been really touring the globe. They've been in Paris, Rome, all over Israel, a myriad of places in the United States, but never to Illinois. So we are so proud to serve as community host for Violence of Hope Chicago. And I love this because part of this program is about education. So there are students across Chicagoland who will have access to this music and these instruments. Tell everybody about what's going on tonight. Uh, so really across the spectrum, we have uh, welcomed the violins March 31st, and we are continuing on a six-month tour of education, performances, concerts, all kinds of venues, all kinds of partners. So we have some wonderful musical partners like uh, the IPO and also school districts and universities and libraries. So pretty much every night uh, throughout our residency, you can go to the calendar and find something amazing to do yourself or your family and really experience what we see as a platform for tolerance and acceptance and kindness and hope and really humanity's core values, especially for our young people who are tomorrow's leaders. Let's talk about the violence. Let's go a little bit deeper about these musical instruments played before World War II, during World War II, and then were no longer in the hands of the people who owned them. And Somebody comes together and says, we're, we're going we're gonna to gather these instruments. We're going to repair them. We're going to put them back in the hands of musicians so that the world can hear them again. Give everybody a more in-depth look uh, at what happened and where these musical instruments came from. So they have a few sources. In some cases, since Violence of Hope has become a thing, there will be family members who find within their own attics, storage units, the relics that maybe they didn't know they had or what they really could mean and how they could serve community and humanity. And so they turn over instruments to the Weinstein brothers. But some of them are stories that we know a little bit about. So one of the stories that really Uh, sits with me so deeply is there was a situation in France, actually, in Lyons, France, and it's called the Lyon, France Violin. And in 1942, a 
A lot of Jewish people were gathered up and put on cattle cars, headed to concentration camps, primarily Auschwitz. And a gentleman in the cattle car, had a, there was a hole in the side, and he saw a farmer in a field. And he threw his violin out of the cattle car and shouted, where I'm going, I have no need for this. And that farmer picked up the violin and held on to it until his family identified it as a Holocaust-era violin. And now it sits in our collection. And so if you think about the uh, dynamic of young people hearing a story, like you read a book, you can picture the field, you can picture the farmer, you can picture the cattle car and the person inside and the pain he must have been feeling. And now you have a much better understanding of what happened during the Holocaust and that real human lens and the human experience. I was reading something that was written and it says the Nazis used music and especially violence to humiliate and degrade Jews in ghettos and camps. But then the part that I like about it, it says all the instruments have a common denominator. They are symbols of hope and a way to say, remember me, remember us. Life is good. Celebrate it for those who perished and for those who survived for all people. That's exactly what I quoted in my remarks at the opening night concert. That exact same portion. I love that. I love it. And, you know, some the violins are really, they were owned by ordinary people. Some of them are beautiful with inlaid stars of David and other um, augmentation that really reveal it as a Jewish-owned instrument. But they are not valuable pieces of, um, you know, not valuable in, in terms of their, uh, you know, dollar amount. They're valuable in terms of their history and their story. And so when you can, um, so many of the violins, when they come come to the Weinstein studio have been exposed to heat and snow and rain and sun and elements that have really destroyed it. But those symbols, the Jewish stars of David, the five-pointed stars still remain and become really emblematic of their history, also in addition to the sound and the story that's behind it. My history is my father and his brother fought in World War II, and my uncle Julian is buried in Normandy. And so although I'm not Jewish, I have such a connection and a history of my family about what happened in the Holocaust and the stories that my father shared. So I'm excited to hear this. Um, Azusa Teixeira is in studio, and she is with the Illinois Philharmonic. And can you just play us just a, I want to make sure I've got the right mic up, just a clip so people can, and then she's going to come back and play some more. And we'll talk more with Christina Salerno. She's the executive director of the Illinois Philharmonic Orchestra. But go ahead, let's hear some of this. One second. can't imagine students who are in their school choirs, you know, hearing that and participating. Hey, be a part. Send us a text. Tell us what you think. 312-981-7200. You will hear more coming up next from Azusa Tashiro and, of course, Christina Salerno, the executive director of the Illinois Philharmonic Orchestra, and Eddie Goodman, president and CEO of JCC Chicago. I'm guessing what you're going to hear next is not anything that you've heard today or possibly in the past. Hey, I'm Lisa Dent. Steve is here. Mary, Andy's in for Kevin. Kevin's at Hallis Hall today getting ready for the draft tonight. Uh, Christina Salerno is one 
one of our guests in studio. She is the executive director of the Illinois Philharmonic Orchestra. Their season finale, they are featuring Violins of Hope. And if you are just now getting in your in your car or, you know, you walk back in the room and you're like, all right, what is, what is that about? Um, violins of Hope have... I just inspired so many people, especially in Illinois. Before we get back to that, about what they represent, you were telling me about the last piece of music we heard before we took a break. So tell me about that, Christina. Yeah, so the last piece of music, and and hopefully we'll hear another little clip in a bit, is actually written by a man named Hans Krasa. Um, It's called uh, his tonic for uh, string trio. And Hans actually was a Czechoslovakian man who perished in um, during the Holocaust in a concentration camp, uh, was a composer, um, found music as something that he could express himself in, um, continued to compose and play while being in, in one of these camps, um, and unfortunately, like so many other millions of people, um, was not able to survive that war. Um, and I think it's... It, one, it's uh, emblematic, the music itself, of the time period and what people were expressing. Um, but two, I think we just have to wonder um, what Hans and all the other people who are no longer with us could have contributed to our society um, had the Holocaust not happened. And tell everybody what's going to happen on May 13th. Yeah, May 13th, 7.30 p.m., we have our season finale concert, uh, Illinois Philharmonic Orchestra. We're performing um, with a number of these violins of part of the Violins of Hope uh, uh, organization. We are performing Amy Beach's Symphony in E, Anton Dvorak's Symphony Number no. 8, and also a special work by our composer-in-residence, John Ziner, which has actually been composed specifically in dedication to his grandfather, who lost a number of family and friends in the Holocaust. Uh, Addie Goodman is with us. She is the president and CEO of JCC Chicago. And I'm thinking, did I call you Abby before? Did I do that and you didn't correct me? I think you're all good. Oh! Addie, you should have corrected no, I think, me. I didn't catch it. You're all good. <laughs> I'm in my not book. sure. I just thought of that. I thought, did I say Abby before? I'm not sure. Um, we appreciate you being here. So um, you shared a little bit about the Violins of Hope, and it's a project to expose music to everyone from instruments that were gathered after World War II. And do you can you tell us anything about the violin that uh, Azusa is going to play for us? So I happen to have in front of me a catalog of all of our violins. And I happen to know that she is playing the Auschwitz violin. So just hold on one moment. And somebody said last night on TV, NBC National News had a lovely story about the instruments and in Glencoe, Illinois. We had an opening night concert at North Shore Congregation Israel in Glencoe on the 20th, last Thursday. NBC Nightly was there to cover and aired that story last night and again on the Today Show this morning. So, you know, we are on a mission to educate, especially our world's young people in key values of humanity, kindness, hope, tolerance, and violence of hope in the music they play. It's just a beautiful catalyst. So that's our focus. And everybody is talking about the wonderful display of violence of hope at the Gail Borden Library in Elgin, where you had an amazing event. So the city of Elgin has done something truly remarkable that I think really exemplifies what we're trying to accomplish through Violence of Hope Chicago. Between the city um, and the mayor's incredible commitment to supporting diversity, their symphony orchestra, the Elgin Symphony Orchestra, and the Gail Borden Public Library, they have launched a multi-part series of programming, and they have raised a beautiful $54,000, which is a denomination of 18, which means high or life. Um, and they have dedicated these dollars to really making sure that their community 
which again is very diverse and an incredible melting pot of humanity, is able to experience the messages and the stories and the impact of Violence of Hope Chicago. Uh, Christina Salerno is the executive director of the Illinois Philharmonic Orchestra, and I was asking her, I'm like, okay, I, I see here that Azusa... Tashiro, who's in here, our violinist and uh, and is a concertmaster, and I'm a theater kid. My kid was in choir. I w- I've been at all the you know orchestra events, but I did not know what a concertmaster is, and she is a master. Tell everyone who might not know what she does and how well she does it. Sure, yeah. So a concertmaster is a term that we used for um, the person who takes the first violin position in the first section of violins. So in a full orchestra, we actually have two sections of violins, um, plus the violas, the cellos, the basses, and then all the winds and brass and percussion that come as well. Um, And so Azusa taking that first chair in the first section of the violins is really considered the artistic onstage lead of the orchestra. Um, she's the one that takes most of the cues from the music director. We have a fantastic conductor, music director, Stillian Kirov, and Azusa and Stillian partner a lot to make sure the artistic product that the orchestra puts forward is really top-notch and inspiring and moving in all different kinds of ways. And what is she going to play next? She is going to play another little section from Hans Krasa's Tonic for String Trio here just on solo violin. Azusa Tashiro. It, somebody texted in and said it's haunting. It's beautiful. And did you find out about this particular violin she's playing? I sure can. So the violin that she's playing was made in a workshop in Germany around 1850. So when you talk about history, that tells you a little bit. And it was originally owned by an inmate who played in the men's orchestra in Auschwitz and survived. So his story goes on about how the violin has traveled from person to person throughout their family to make its way to join our collection. And while this one can be played, you know, many cannot be played. There's one that you talk about haunting. When it was opened for repair, there was a swastika carved on the inside. Mm. And that violin is clearly been labeled display only. It has not been restored to play because of the anti-Semitism that it holds within it. Uh, So the stories really are so varied and so impactful and we are thrilled to be sharing them and christina what does it mean for your artists at the illinois philharmonic to be able to play these instruments well i think it's very very meaningful for them we've had a number of our violinists um, request to play the instruments and there's a number of instruments here in illinois and and we're all the different organizations are sharing the different instruments so it's been a little bit of a you know who gets to play um i think for a musician um to be able to hold something that has that history and then to produce a sound that comes from it um, and put that sound back in the world is a very, very um, meaningful, heartfelt experience. Um, And really, music is all about sharing experiences, whether you're playing for yourself or playing for your family or playing for your friends or playing for people you don't know. It's Mm -hmm. all about really sharing. And so being able to share sounds that come from instruments that have this incredible history um, is really, really profound. And are tickets available for May 13th? They are available. You can go to our website, ipomusic.org, or of course, course call our box office as well. And uh, Azusa, if you just want to play music, 
up until we hit the news sounder, that would be beautiful, whatever you have. It's Violins of Hope on 720 WGN. Absolutely beautiful. Make sure you buy tickets.